issues and environmental injustice. So we're going to come back. And when we come back, we're going to discuss this issue. And we're going to talk about why this is on the Sunday Forum. This is your host, Walter Smith II, the voice in the Tampa Bay area, along with the members of the 4th Estate Crew. And we will be right back after this WMNF Tampa. Washington. I'm Giles Snyder. Ten people are dead and ten wounded in Monterey Park, California, after a gunman opened fire at a ballroom dance studio last night. NPR's Amy Held reports police say a male suspect is at large and are asking the public for help in finding him. A Saturday night out at a dance venue shattered by a man with a gun. Police got the call after 10 p.m. When officers arrived on scene, they observed numerous individuals, patrons of the location, pouring out of the location screaming. Andrew Meyer with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office says the suspect had already fled and offered no description of him. We're reviewing all surveillance video following all leads, so we're not going to leave anything unturned. Also unknown, a motive. The owner of the Star Dance Studio is Chinese-American in a city that is majority Asian-American. Monterey Park was hosting a Lunar New Year festival that had recently ended for the day. It was supposed to continue today. No more, says Monterey Park Police Chief Scott Weiss. Out of an abundance of caution and in reverence for the victims, we are canceling the event. Amy Held, NPR News. More classified material has been found at President Biden's home in Delaware. Justice Department officials spent more than 12 hours at the home on Friday. And NPR Scott Detrow reports they took possession of several classified documents. Department of Justice officials arrived at Biden's house at 9.45 a.m. and spent the rest of the day searching his home for materials. Biden's personal attorney, Bob Bauer, says the searchers found six documents marked classified. Bauer says Biden and his legal representatives fully cooperated with the search. While the Biden White House has chafed at comparisons to former President Trump's possession of classified documents, there are now two major parallels in the two cases. The attorney general has now appointed a special prosecutor to investigate both the former and sitting president's actions. And now both the former and sitting president's homes have been searched by law enforcement. Scott Detrow, NPR News, Washington. President Biden is spending the weekend in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and did not respond to shouted questions about White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain. Klain is reported to be preparing to leave his post. China is reporting a further 13,000 COVID-related deaths in hospitals in the week leading up to the Lunar New Year holiday. Another half million COVID patients receiving hospital treatment. The BBC's Michael Bristow. Beijing has now admitted to more than 70,000 deaths since it relaxed its tough pandemic restrictions suddenly in December. But this number only records people who've died in hospital, not at home. There were also reports that doctors are being discouraged from putting COVID on death certificates. Some analysis suggests the true number of dead could be 10 times higher than Beijing has acknowledged. China says most people have now been infected. But with tens of millions of people on the move during the current Spring Festival holiday, there are fears that COVID will spread further. And you're listening to NPR News. The new Israeli government of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is facing an early challenge. Tens of thousands on the streets of Tel Aviv this weekend to protest the planned overhaul of the judicial system. The government says the overhaul is needed to curb overreach by the courts. Protesters say it threatens Israel's democracy. In Hawaii, preparations are underway for the Eddie Aikau Big Wave Invitational Surf Contest on Oahu's North Shore today. Forty of the world's most elite surfers and the first time six women have been invited to compete, as Jackie Young reports from Hawaii Public Radio. The contest is in memory of big wave champion surfer Eddie Aikau, the North Shore's first lifeguard. It will only run if surf heights consistently reach at least 40 feet on the meteorological scale. Because of this, the Eddie has only been held nine times since 1985 and was last held seven years ago. 
but if it runs, at least 40,000 spectators could cram the small two-lane highway to Waimea Bay. City officials have added additional buses between Honolulu and Waimea Bay and increased police and lifeguards. Forecasters expect an extra-large swell, but the official green light won't be given until the last minute. For NPR News, I'm Jackie Young in Honolulu. At the Australian Open Tennis Tournament, American Sebastian Corda has reached the first Grand Slam tennis quarterfinal of his career. Corda advanced today after a closely fought match against Hubert Orkach. The match went to a fifth-set tiebreaker. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Joyce Foundation, committed to advancing racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. Learn more at JoyceFDN.org and the Annie E. Casey Foundation. Support for WMNF comes from listeners like you and Nova Southeastern University. NSU's campaign to permanence tackles to today's most urgent needs from healthcare to arts and culture to oceans and nature. Learn more at nova.edu. Many's the day with you I It's music of the Isles on WMNF in Tampa. I'm Bill Dudley with co-host Sean Sexton. And the good news is that Music of the Isles is still on the air at 88.5. You can hear us at 6 o'clock Saturday morning just before bluegrass or anytime you want to listen at WMNF.org slash Isles. We'll see you soon on Music of the Isles from WMNF. This is Steve, the hitman, host of the Soul Party on Friday nights on WMNF. Join me at Skipper Smokehouse on Friday, February the 10th, as we enjoy the Harlem Gospel Travelers. I am a sinner, only saved by grace. You clean me up, I've never been the same. With fans like Elton John and all music praising their new album as Dreamlike and Joyous. The Harlem Gospel Travelers are a dazzling vocal trio you don't want to miss. The Harlem Gospel Travelers, February the 10th at Skipper Smokehouse. Buy your tickets now at WMNF.org. WMNF and Living Mirror Playback Theater will host a monthly community talkback and improv show live here in the WMNF studios, 7 p.m. on the fourth Friday of every month. The event will be based on our monthly mission calendar, covering topics such as economic justice, environmental issues, and more. We invite community activists and interested listeners to come and share their thoughts and experiences. Then Living Mirror will play back those stories using improv techniques. It'll be a compelling evening of community sharing and improv theater, but space in our studio is limited. So go online to wmf.org backslash events to reserve your seat. Hi, my name is Wellington Echegaray from Brandon, Florida. I've uh, been listening to WMNF since I moved here uh, from Austin, Texas, so about a year and a half. And I'm really enjoying the programming from WMNF. Uh, in my opinion, the, the news should be unbiased, informative, and truthful. And uh, that's exactly what I'm getting from WMNF, especially with the shows of Democracy Now!, uh, the Economic Update, and Food Talk. So I, I think that the Tampa Bay community relies on all the informative programming and the cultural programming that WMNF offers. And as I wanted to say, uh, just keep up the great work. You can support WMNF too. Give online at WMNF.org or through the smartphone app. And we're back here on the Sunday Forum. Okay, so pan-Afro-environmentalism is what we're talking about today, folks. 
Uh, we have a, uh, for those of you, just let me stop for a moment. For those of you who are watching us on Facebook, um, we have a, another technical difficulty. Someone actually hacked our Facebook page. Um, uh, my personal Facebook page actually was hacked. So now what I'm doing is trying to get that reversed um, and straightened out. But nevertheless, that doesn't stop it. That doesn't stop what we're to talk about at all. Not one bit. Mm-hmm. So pan-Afro-environmentalism is a concept of uh, dealing with the issue of environmentalism uh, uh, globally on the part of people of African descent. Okay? People People from the diaspora who are dealing with the issue of environmental justice globally. Okay? Now, that ranges from a whole a whole bunch of things from public health to disasters to uh, the foods that we that are being cultivated how they're being cultivated water uh, the ground and contamination the illnesses that we get as a result of contamination redlining everything and that earlier I made a comment that that the whole reason that we are even when in the western hemisphere is environmental. The entire reason that we're here. Now, let me give you some perspective of that issue. So, when you go back to the earliest time of labor in this country, what kind of labor was it? Anybody? What kind of labor was it brought to this country? What kind of labor was was happening in this country? In the South, farming. Yeah, Farming, agriculture, that's right. And the people that were here felt that it was necessary. The white people that were here felt it was necessary to do what as a result of of the enterprise that they wanted to undertake. Anybody? Wanted to ensure it. <laughs> wanted to ensure that it grew, right? Mm-hmm. They they did not have the manpower to do it, right? So what did they do? You got some free labor. Got free labor. Where did they get that free labor from? From the motherland. There you go. <laughs> there you go. The whole reason we are here is environmental. The reason that this let's, let's take it a step further. One of the earliest the one of the earliest recorded slave In, uh, 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 event, so to speak, as I say, event, but activity in terms of slavery took place in South Carolina. Anybody know what was happening in South Carolina? Uh, Charleston? Mm-mm, not just Charleston, just South Carolina in general, the low country. What was happening? A lot of things happening. <laughs> All right. So, 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 at the time, what was happening was you had uh, some folks who would do it. Actually, you know, United States was was parceled out, mm-hmm. right? The 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 what we call today the United States was parceled out uh, on the East Coast because that's all they knew it existed. And so, what happened was uh, um, there was a lease, a land lease, for the area that we now know as South Carolina. Uh, the person defaulted. On that lease to the king, and when uh, when he defaulted, uh, uh, a partnership evolved, and they went to the king and they said, "Hey, listen, you know we we see an opportunity here uh, to cultivate some crop called rice, and the, you know we can we can do it, and we can be successful with it, but we have a problem. What's the problem? The problem is." We don't have, for whatever reason, we keep dying. People keep dying as they as they stay here to try to cultivate this stuff, and it's just not working out. Okay, so what do we need? What what, what what's your solution? Well, the solution that we have is we're going to go and get these people from uh, the Niger Delta, and we're going to bring them in, and we're going to have them work. And, and and do this because they seem to be really good at cultivating rice. Said, okay. You got it. So he gave he transferred the lease to them. They went and got 
Nigerians. Nigerians came in, and they worked there, they worked and cultivated the area, and they were not getting sick. The condi- the environmental conditions of the area were were the type of conditions that were identical to the ones back home, because it was swampy. It was uh, there was a lot of water, a lot of mosquitoes, and things like that, and they were able to survive this whole thing and do well and thrive. And so what happened was the people of South Carolina, the white people of South Carolina in the low country did not live in South Carolina. In fact, they lived off the coast of South Carolina. And it was easier for, in, in, on an island known as Bermuda. And they would come back ever so often just to check on how things were going. And as this, as this went on and on and on, the population of these areas the black population in these areas began to grow. And as these black populations began to grow, these people began to take control of the state. What decade are we in? We're in the 1600s. Okay. We're in, we're in the 1600s at this point. So as, as we move forward and we start seeing this happen, white people started to see, wait a minute, hold oh, wait, 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 that's too many black people. And literally began to kill them off in order to in order to in order to gain control of the state. Mm-hmm. This actually happened. So this was everything that you saw as a result of everything that, that happened as a result. What was a result of an environmental issue? The killings, the politics. All the all it was created in order to control an environmental condition, or was created because of an environmental condition. The people being brought there was because of an environmental condition. What would you say to people who would say that's like more of a labor issue rather than an environmental issue? The labor issue isn't is an environmental issue. In what way? Because the labor what was the environment? What was the what was the, the labor? How was the labor caused? How was it established? I think the more important is like what is created from that labor. Still, <laughs> still, it, it all, the, the origin of it is what? The origin is still environmental. No matter how you look at it. Mm-hmm. No matter how you slice it. You're right. It, it, it became a labor issue. It is a labor issue. But the labor issue was dictated by environmental issue. The whole reason that they were brought there was because of an environmental issue. They could not cultivate that crop. Mm. Crop cultivation is what? Labor. <laughs> crop cultivation. Crop cultivation is environmental. Crop cultivation is environmental. And yes, it labor labor is environmental <laughs> from that standpoint, right? The type of labor that, that now labor as you talk about in terms of the industrial revolution, right? Think about what caused the industrial revolution. What was it? In Amer- in the western hemisphere, what caused the industrial revolution? The the fact that they couldn't keep up with what the plantation. Two things caused the industrial revolution. You're right. You're right. Again, Environmental issue. Well, you're testing my American history today. Watch this. <laughs> Watch this. The cotton gin. Mm, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. The cotton gin. At first, some people would argue that that the rifle, right, caused the industrial revolution because they had to create parts for the rifles, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons for the the biggest reason for the industrial revolution. The Industrial Revolution was not the rifle. The biggest reason for the Industrial Revolution was the cotton gin. But would and you then, say that's like, I, I think that's more of a promoter of the Industrial Revolution that created the conditions for it to take off. I would say the, like, the main promoter of the Industrial Revolution was the, like, the oversaturation of the market and the needing to get it to, like, to export the capital being produced. Mm. Because that's why they you know, America was 
or I mean, uh, in the Industrial Revolution in America is the very much the so- South was oversaturated with just the sheer amount of cotton that was that everyone was making um, slaves pick, and as we like moved forward the markets in America were saturated, so they needed a new commodity. So the cotton gin created a new commodity, which was thread. And then that thread got into other, was used to make another commodity. And this, that, and the other, to the point where now we have a brand new economy, uh, commodity with a brand new market that's completely open, that nobody's touched, that's unsaturated, that's created because of the conditions, um, like the invention of the cotton gin. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Again, the origin was environmental. Because when you because there was no need for a cotton gin if you didn't have what? Cotton. <laughs> 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 you, you see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's there's no way to escape it. No no way to you you everything was a derivative of that to make it more efficient. Everything was a derivative of that to make it more efficient. In, in, in order to make it more, make the cotton, make um, the cultivation and the preparation of cotton for movement up the river was the cotton gin, right? But wait a minute. Let's take it a step further. I'm holding on to my chair. Hold on to your, <laughs> ch- hold on to your chair, folks. Hold on. The establishment of the railway. The establishment of the railway, we can argue, was based on the need, was, was, was a derivative of environmentalism and affected the environment of the United States. Well, yeah, and I think this is what gets us to the first uh, show of global warming because at the time, you know, this whole 300-year history, that was a little ice age. But it was all of this all of this industrial activity that was causing temperatures to begin rising. But during up until the eighteen nineties, it was there was a period of a little ice age going on, mm-hmm. and uh, so industrial production began to to start the global warming process. Exactly, exactly. So we have a we so so when people talk about. Um, you know, when when we talk about environmental issues and things like that, it everything to do, everything to do. Uh, you know, our our being here in the Western Hemisphere had everything to do with environmental issues. What we are faced with now in terms of our health. You know, we worked on these plantations and there there's documentation that deals with the the cough that people would get, right? This cough. Brown lung disease is what they found out it was. The brown lung disease was a disease that was, and then they found it out until much later that that's what it was. People thought it was just tuberculosis. It wasn't just tuberculosis. It was brown lung disease. The brown lung disease was what happened as a result of the dust from the cotton that people were breathing in every, you know, every day, mm. right? Then you look at you look at the the. The issues surrounding the the living conditions of the people that were there, right? Look at housing. Look at public housing now, right? It was okay to put us in, in this housing. It was okay to put poor people in this housing, but it was really okay to put black people who were slaves in this type of housing, right? Substandard housing. Fast forward, what happened? Still putting us in what? Substandard housing with bad environmental what? Conditions. Leading to what? Things they found they found what issues with regard to autism. Why? Because of the lead and the paint. They found issues with, with regard to people getting sick with cancer because of lead, because of the because of the um water quality. The, the water quality. And things like that. These are all environmental conditions that happen that, that once again, we're brought here under those conditions and we're treated badly under these conditions. Uh, Walter, can I 
fast forward just a little bit sure. and ask you, why did gas stoves become a part of the culture wars <laughs> this week? Oh, man, listen. Okay. So, so there's a CNN report. That came, there was, there, I didn't actually have it on my phone. I saved it just because I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> you know me too well. Uh, man, listen. Uh, let me tell you. I, I was in, um, I was actually in St. Croix working on on this whole thing, right? We were talking about emissions and blah, blah, blah. And I woke up to the CNN report where a professor is talking about the fact that the gas stoves, uh, first of all, they talk about the issue of gas and how gas is dangerous anyway, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's explosive. It's poisonous. Uh, then they talk about how about the emissions from your stove? He said, well... Yeah, got to tell you, still got emissions. No matter if you fire it up or what, you're still releasing, releasing this stuff. 12%, 12% of the people who operate this thing are being exposed, are getting, have been getting sick to, you know, because of the, the gas that was being released from the stoves. Um, and then there were some more numbers that came out that I, I can't remember all of them, truthfully. Um, but I do remember um, that... That was the impetus for the discussion that came that that you know that that you're talking about right now, Mobili. So people are now concerned with this use of 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 gas as a means to create energy because people use it in their homes. It's supposed to be cleaner than coal. Well, okay. All right, but it doesn't mean that it's healthier. Mm -hmm. People get asthma because of it. People die because of the explosions. People, and, and it is being released in homes. And so he actually said, and, and doctors have said very clearly, they suggest that you get a meter or have a meter in your home to, to be able to check um, the amount of gas that's being released in your home from your stove. Or from any gas appliances, whether it's your water heater or whether it's from your uh, your stove, you know. So that's what it was, really. Mm -hmm. Because the American Public Health Association did issue a statement. Felt like they had to issue a statement because the MAGA Republicans just went crazy trying to have a field day about how Biden is coming for your gas stove. <laughs> coming for your but gas stove. That they did have to, the pub, American Public Health Association did call on federal agencies to do more to educate the public about those health risks that you talked about and conduct further research. And additionally, scientists who study climate change generally agree that households' use of natural gas or fossil fuel will have to be dramatically curtailed if the U.S. is going to reach its decarbonization goals. And so, again, those who hate to be woke are going to use anything, jump on anything, that helps society, and I'm sick of it, you know, but, you know, those of us who are are aware, <laughs> we, you know, we free here to talk about these things. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, man. Um, let's take this call. It's on the line. Okay. Caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Hi, good morning. It's Simon from Lakeland. Happy New Year. Simon, Happy New Year. How you doing? All right. Uh, Happy Lunar New Year. <laughs> Happy Lunar New Year. Uh, a couple of things I'd like to bring up that haven't been discussed is on this issue of the AP African uh, American uh, Studies. It's put out by the college board, and it hasn't been mentioned that this college board also is the group that runs the ACT and the SAT testing, and um, it's been my understanding that Ibrahim uh, Kindi said that standardized tests have become the most effective racist weapon ever devised to objectively degrade black and brown minds and legally exclude their bodies from prestigious schools. So this is the same organization that is a racist organization that some people think is racist, is proposing the African-American studies. 
Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, though, little tidbit. I have the, just as a side note, I have the John Goodman book of eulogies at his funeral. That little book cost me nearly $35. And John Lewis did not attend John Goodman's funeral. He sent a subordinate. And he was the head of SNCC at that time. Um, what I wanted to ask any one of you, do any of you subscribe to Scrib? No, I, I don't. I don't. No, I do not. You're, you're familiar with it, correct? No, I'm no. not. No. Okay, Scrib is about $120 a year. And the reason I bring it up is that I'm looking right now at the AP African American Studies course framework and exam overview. It's on my phone. It's 81 pages. So have you seen the preview of the course that's going to be recommended? No. And is is this AP college level or AP high school level? This is the AP high school level. High school, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's... For college credits. It's for high schoolers right. to get college right. credits. Right. Yeah, AP courses are for college credits. So none of you have read the 81 pages of the course curriculum that's being proposed for the AP program. Is that is that what I'm understanding? Yes. That's correct. But and we want to. And you're making a judgment on the decision... The words that have been used in articles are either barred, banned, or rejected. And the the media, as always, is trying to engage in public opinion of what this course is. But isn't that what the government is doing? The state government is doing the same thing. They did not give any logical reasons for opposing it either. Uh, If you look at Unit 4, that's what they discussed movements and debate and I'm looking right at the 81 pages I would recommend you read it and not just come out and and be an absolutist and say this is being racist that's what the government yeah, is that's doing that's what they're doing that's so. what they're doing <laughs> yeah oh don't what don't what you do I didn't oh, do he's nothing. Still there. He, he's he still just, here. He's still there? Oh. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Feedback. A lot oh, of feedback. Yeah, yeah. We're having feedback. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miko. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. All right. They have rejected it, but they've offered the college board to come back with the program and its modification. That's not going to help. I mean, they are against it. They're against critical thinking. Let, let me, they let me did not specify what it was that they actually yeah, yes, were in violation of and how to fix it. They said they yeah, listed a bunch of things, but they didn't say how to fix it. You haven't read the 81 pages. How okay, have, have you? Let, let me ask you a question, Simon. Have you read them? Yes, I have it on my phone. Okay, so, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so now, having read them, can you please share with us what it is that the content there, or at least some of the content there, that are, are you saying that you agree with that, or are you uh, in any way, or is there something there that is that is inappropriate that you think um, should not be in in that um, in that lesson? What they have not offered in the curriculum, and and by the way, it was a pilot program that they held in secret and did not bring out the curriculum. Who's they? The college board. Okay, all right. Okay, so with regard to the curriculum, there are no books by uh, authors such as John McHorder, uh, Colum Hughes, who debated Ta-Nehisi Coates on reparations in front of Congress. Um... The Unit 4 in Movement in Debate has intersectionality, has other aspects. If you're going to introduce critical race theory, you should also also introduce critical theory, which uh, critical race theory is derived from. None of that is in there. 
so it's a very it's a, it's a it's a very what's considered biased. He's splitting hairs with with yeah. without without having a an approach to the education for for individuals who want to take the course with an alternative view of a uh, in unit four of a conservative approach. Or, okay, or okay. Which is conservative or counter? So, so you, so you're referring to a, a counter, a, a counter arguments, correct? With all due respect, to throw out an ad hominem Jim Crow and laugh does not end, add any justification to your thinking. Well, I don't hear any kind of justification for you except that you are you are an apologist for white supremacy. I'm not an apologist for white supremacy. How can you? How dare you say that? That's what it always hold, sounds hold, like hold, to me. How dare, how dare you call me that? Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop for a moment, guys. Hold on. Let me ask the question. Let me ask this question, okay? <clears throat> because having gone through curriculum and ha and worked on curriculum like this, my question is: I, I've done this before, so my question then becomes: Is are are, are you referring to counter arguments? Counter arguments to those to those things that are being that should be um, included in in these uh, in these curricula. I would think that even Martin Luther King would disagree with this program because <laughs> he wanted a colorblind society. No, 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 no. Let me stop you there. No, let me stop you there, Simon. No, he did not want a colorblind society. He did not want a colorblind society, and that is a mistake that a lot of white people make when, when they invoke the name of Martin Luther King. He did not want a colorblind society at all. There's not even an indication that he wanted a colorblind society. What he wanted was respect. Well, that's what he wanted. He recognized the fact that people around the world, uh, the issue of diversity, recognized the need the need for, uh, for people to... Uh, uh, come together, but there was a need uh, for people to have a mutual respect for each other despite their differences. That is what Dr. King was about. And that's a very, very um, big mistake that, 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 uh, that you're making with respect to Dr. King. Well, he would have not approved of the book Racism Without Racist, which calls colorblindness racist by Eduardo Silva. He would not have agreed with that. Well, I, I don't. I've never read that that portion. That portion, and you, you bring up a, uh, something that I would have to see before I made uh, any comments on it. But I will say this: that let me let me tell you the perspective from which we are standing against what the governor is saying. Uh, the governor, the governor has made a just as as you were saying that we are making a blanket statement. The governor is making a blanket statement. And a blanket, a blanket uh, suggestion, no, not suggestion, um, determination uh, regarding black history. And the, the, there is every effort and every evidence that what he is trying to do is sweep under the rug the realities of the history that exists in this country. There's every evidence of it. In fact, he's right out, he's outright said it. From the standpoint that he said, well, he doesn't want to have anybody's feelings hurt because they hear um, uh, 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 historical truth. Historical truth. So, so it hurts. So the example he gives is, um, uh, you know, of course, I'm, I was a teacher, so I'm not, I would never point a child out, a little white child out and say, it was your ancestors that held us captive. No, I, would, I would never do such a thing. That's, that's stupid. That's absolutely stupid. Anybody who does that needs to be removed from the classroom for eternity. But what? But when you talk about the issue of of black history, it is an undeniable fact that black history, first of all, in the state of Florida, was up until then, this governor right here, was a, a matter of law. It was to be taught in our schools. He felt it necessary to go back and for whatever reason, 
no take reason. it out. Exactly. No he, reason at all to take it out. That is a blanket determination. There was no real reason for him to go back to go back and do that at all. Except they they love to point out this whole quote unquote intersectionality was included, like this caller just said, which is code terminology for critical race theory. And because of that, Florida completely blocked the college board from even testing a pilot, this pilot advanced placement African-American studies curriculum in the state under this governor's Stop Woke Act. And the Florida Department of Education's Office of Articulation said the curriculum is, listen to this, is inexplicably contrary to Florida law and significantly lacks the educational value. So why is the onus on this program, which is being uh, tested, it's been tested across in over, what, 60 uh, schools across the United States uh, and not on the governor to explain why he completely blocked it. Laura, you... Yeah, and, you know, something that I wanted to bring up was, you know, in this, um, like, African-American studies and the history of it, you have to realize that the history of people getting in the face of their oppressor of black liberation comes from the thoughts of people like Angela Davis, of people Mm -hmm. like Bell Hooks. That Mm -hmm. is what propelled the movement forward. That is what got people on their side. That is what how... um, unity started was to uh, to critically think right. and to not talk about that to not talk about how that way pushed the civil rights movement right let's let's go to these calls yeah we got a let's lot of callers call. let's, let's get them caller in. you're on the sunday forum hello hello yes yeah my name's josh i'm from clearwater i hey, really josh. love this show a Thank lot I, I listen to it a lot on sunday mornings I just wanted to make a comment that uh, I don't see the governor seems to be acting like a king. And a lot of politics these days seem to be views from inside the home, what they want to teach their children. And it has no business in the public streets or public schools. And I appreciate you guys uh, voicing these opinions and having this show and at least giving a voice to people in Florida that, strongly disagree with this king we have hmm. and it makes us look really bad to the rest of the country I Thank agree you for what you guys are doing yes. and I just wanted to make that comment Thank you for your Thank call you, Josh. Josh. Thank, Thank you very you. much Josh Yes I agree with everything he said Okay um, Caller you're on the Sunday Forum that I can be here on the Sunday Forum with you guys Mono e Mono Hey, what's going on, bro? <laughs> yes, sir. You guys are putting it where it needs to be, like I always say. Put a little hot sauce on that. That's us. They're going to leave it off and distort the flavor. And just because we don't like the flavor don't mean it's something... I mean, it's something wrong for that mere fact. We don't like the flavor. You know, there's nothing that you can uh, substitute with it. Like, uh, you can go next door. You can do. You see what I'm saying? And this is where we get treated like when we have an opinion. Somebody wants to put some excessive scrutiny on mm. your thoughts and your behavior and your communications, which are just merely communications. They have no value. Nobody's you know, taking it. Some people take it serious. Some people don't. Some people listen. Some people won't. But you can't just blanketly jump off and start saying, we'll get rid of African-American studies. You didn't get rid of Hispanic studies. You didn't get rid of Asian studies. You didn't get rid of no other studies. So that's a discriminatory thing, sir. I hate to be the one to bring it to your attention. Maybe your people can't see too good or read too good, but they have good jobs. <laughs> and just because you interpret things one way don't mean you interpret them right. It was a scripture in the Bible where the king couldn't read nothing. He couldn't interpret his dream. He had to call for a man from the community to come and read what he was dreaming. Because he couldn't figure it out. But that's just a little parable right there to help people along the path which they uh, seem to have strayed or got lost or misguided. We're all in the same boat, so let's act like we're in the same boat and pass me the paddle so I can paddle or I take the paddle and I'll move you out the way with the paddle like they used to do our booty. (laughs) We had to get a paddle in to get in line. We had to get a paddle in to be right. And we didn't even know European thought. I went to an all-African-American school, uh, Simon. And I was taught by their books, not by your books. 
And ever since I started reading your books, they was distorted. Mm-hmm. And they left stuff out. So I was confused and confounded. Therefore, I could not become an A student. Why would I want to be an A mm-hmm. student of somebody else's curriculum and thought patterns and thought waves that don't even affect me? They don't even have, mm-hmm. all they do is, are used against me, discriminatory like. You don't belong, right? I'm in something, you ain't in something, or right. I have on blue, you have on white. Whatever the thing has to be here, you got to recognize, and and Walt put it so eloquently, Martin Luther King fought for respect. And then after that, it was a lady, the Queen of Soul, came out and said, R-E-S-T-E-C-T. Now, you give it, you get it. You don't give it, you're not going to get it. I'm just so sad to be the one to tell you. Too bad, so sad. Mm-hmm. And he did not win anything because... Uh, the judge that, uh, just to jump off a little bit on something you said earlier, the judge in, uh, against the governor told in his ruling, which I didn't have to read, Simon, just if you tell me the words, I know what went down. Yeah. I mean, he it was a uh, quid pro quo, something for something. I know that too, huh? I ain't supposed to be knowing nothing. But anyway, <laughs> that's how he played it because he didn't want to get his hands dirty with the business. See, the dirty business that's going on, people don't want to dirty their hands. So they kind of just brush him off like they did Jesus and put him right on the cross. You understand me? It's the same old thing. Just a different way. It's the same old thing, just a different day. Y'all have a good one, man. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. All right, brother. Thank you, man. All right, caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Good morning. This is Chris Steiner, Clearwater. And, uh, Walter, I want to compliment you on making sure that whoever's running the board there doesn't disconnect Simon, uh, because, uh, you've got to ask him questions. You, you asked him what he thought, and, uh, I think that was a very informed, uh, choice so that, uh, the listeners can have something to go on. And if you support a position, you should quote what you agree with. And if you oppose it, you should quote the source, the primary source. So folks can understand, uh, especially folks uh, who don't or have access to the Internet or can't, uh, can't or won't or don't uh, access the Internet, um, they are deprived of the facts and they only have what they're hearing on the radio. Um, you know, for instance, uh, the Don't Say Gay Bill, I think that, uh, you know, made me very suspicious where they're saying they're calling it a Don't Say Gay Bill and it's doesn't even use any kind of sexual persuasion in the bill, uh, including gay. So, uh, you know, it just pre- prevents folks or prevents uh, children uh, kindergarten through third grade from being taught anything about any kind of sexual persuasion. So, you know, folks who are not aware of that, they go around repeatedly saying gay as if they're doing something very daring. And that actually is a example of what they are, what you should be doing uh, in public is not pre- prevented that you can teach your own children. You can teach them whatever you like. And, you know, I have a critical race theory. Well, if you support that, I'd like to hear, like I've asked in the past, what kind of curriculum could you please read on the air what you like about it? I mean, I, I know what you're against, and I've often heard mobilely defame people like myself calling me a an apologist for white supremacist as myself. I'm not sure if he's running the board able to cut me off now. I'm running the board. Thank let's, you. Let's just, let's just okay. stay, yeah, let's stay with, with the issue. Go ahead. Well, he has in the past and, you know, for just, you know, calling me a liar without giving me a chance to respond. Go, Chris, to go, ahead, go, go ahead with the topic, man. So we can go ahead and get yeah. yeah, we got other callers. Well, what I'm saying is, okay, slavery is so much more important. I was cut off when I was talking about the modern day slavery uh, about two months ago, when I called in uh, to speak, uh, and I know Mika cut me off. She said, "I don't know what he's talking about," oh, and, uh, and then I didn't. I didn't hear what she was talking about because I. I figure, well, if you don't want to listen, to me, I don't want to listen. Brother, to you. go, go, go ahead, come, come on, man. Bank, the he's bank such a martyr. Yeah. <laughs> I can't with this. I can't. I'm sorry. What are you laughing and saying? Go, go, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I, I wanted to hear that so I can address it. No, no, no. Just go ahead and address what you call for, man. If it's important enough to vocalize, you shouldn't be ashamed of repeating what you've said. And often I've quoted what has been said in the past, and you get frustrated. But the point is, in the modern-day slavery right now, if you look at Oxfam International, they're reporting that the top 1% 
the richest one percent. They just reported this last week. They bagged uh, their title is at Oxfam. Org. Uh, richest one percent bagged nearly twice as much as wealth as the rest of the world put together over the past two years. And so, as I've mentioned before, as our standard of living improves, or I mean, our technology improves, so should our standard of living. And we need to be addressing those who are enslaving whites and blacks. And uh, that's really what I wanted is what I wanted to underscore before I was cut off is that. We have a common enemy. You are enslaved right now. You're talking about when there was slavery. There's debt slavery now. And when we talk about, I mean, why don't progressives especially talk about that anymore? It's, it's all about those who might have an advantage over you. But if we were to get rid of the bankster gangsters and have country issue its own currency and credit without interest, without usury, we could all be living like kings and queens, and we wouldn't be concerned if somebody slighted us, if, if someone, you know, insulted us for our color or, or whatever beliefs. Well, let me let me let me just say this: again. We, we've got to go to the next the next call. This, this is we don't have a lot of time, and we got a, got a bunch of lights on right now. But let, let me let me just say this: in, in staying in in lockstep with what we were talking about, um, the issue here is that we identify the fact that the reason for um, Africans being on in this hemisphere to begin with has everything to do with the environment or environmental issues. That's what the, what the, what the, the topic was. Uh, and the, the name of or the, the topic that was given is pan-Afro-environmentalism. That's what we're looking at. Is how do we address these issues that we are, that, that we are right smack dab in the middle of, that we are in the worst possible um, position in with regard to how these things have been applied uh, or, or carried out against us and have been consistently doing so for hundreds of years. So that's what we're dealing with right now, okay? Uh, I'm not concerned. I, I get what you're talking about in terms of computers and things like that. I get that. But that is not the topic of what we're talking about right now. That's what we're dealing with, okay? So we want to make sure that we're, that we're addressing that issue. Now, do, is there something that you want to say regarding that? Oh, I guess I was muted. I just wanted to interject. I think you should talk about things on which you are informed. I do encourage that. There's so many other important things to talk about. You could talk about how DeSantis wants to, uh, I'm not sure if you want to compliment him on his uh, anti-apartheid stance when it comes to making permanent the ban on COVID shots in masks. And as Mobilia said before, he's concerned about prisoners wearing dirty masks. And I've called in to say that it causes oxygen deprivation, and his anti-apartheid stance. <laughs> that, 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 that is not okay. Listen, Chris, we're, we're going to go into our next caller, brother. Yeah. Thank you very much, caller. Um, you're on the Sunday forum. No, we're not doing that. Hello. Yes. Hi. Um, I'm going to talk quickly because I have my little toddler here. Okay. If I if I hang up suddenly, I apologize. I just want to uh, comment on um, the uh, what we're. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I will email you. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Right, no Have a good day. No <laughs> okay. Uh, caller, you're on the Sunday forum. Hi. How you doing? All right. Good, how are you? Oh, man, it's Shane. I'm over here in Lakeland. I'm way to plant city, but I'm over here in Lakeland now. Um, first, I want to say, y'all should have been cut Christoph, man. Don't be ashamed to cut them off. Have some time for us. But, uh, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I agree, too. I mean, because <laughs> we only have this in our area, we only have these few hours to speak about things that concern us. You can talk all day with the people who listen to that there. And we hear it all day. We don't want to. I I still I'm sitting up here thinking, I haven't heard anyone say anything about how the police beat the young man last month in front of his daughter over here in Lakeland. Mm -hmm. and, and no one's concerned. I understand the police is with a qualified immunity is doing all kind of crazy stuff, and mm -hmm. we're not standing up. Even white folks getting beat, so they should be mad too. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, right. but only time we see anybody get penalized is maybe it's a black officer who does it. Right. But we don't get to see it when they whoop this man in front of his children like a slave would have been whooped in front of his kids. We can't. Right. 
We can't stand by and keep letting this happen, thinking that the courts are going to work for us. They, they didn't treat us like this in our history. They don't want to talk about it because they're still treating us like that in our presence. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want us to get mad. I was looking at this old movie, and the guy said, he don't know what to say. He just say we need to get mad. I can't think of the name of the movie. I've seen it. I'm like, wow, maybe that's what we need to do now. It's not for us to get mad. We can't keep letting people treat us like they treated us back then. We then knew how we was treated. Now we know a little bit more. Each day we learn a little bit more, and they don't want us to learn nothing about how we was treated. Because the kids nowadays, I guess they're starting to get mad. We need to get mad. As a group, come together and get mad. Right. I'm always mad, so I guess it's easy for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we, Especially. Police, whooping people, beating people in front of the kids. Killing every day. Every day someone else is getting beat by police or killed by police. And nothing's happening. And we're saying, well, the necess- it's necessary for us to have police. No, criminals are made by the government. We brag about the TV shows that celebrate where the CIA brought drugs in the black community and killing off the people, mm-hmm. making these diseases. While we sit back and say, well, the vice president, the, the president, his son was a crackhead and nobody did no time with his family. But when Ronald Reagan and, and Oliver North and uh, Bush was pushing dope in the cities all around this country. Nobody's getting penalized. They wait 50 years for them to get old for they even tell us about it. And nobody get penalized and we cool with that. I'm mad. Yeah. I know I got people who go to jail for for drugs and still in jail today. Right. Now I got people who kill people, but they kill black people. And they've been home. They get ready to retire. They get ready to retire and they kill people. At the same time while the other dude did drugs, sell drugs, he's in jail. And they only got caught with a little bit of drugs. And we are not allowing our history to reflect our presence. Hmm. We'll sit back and we'll talk, well, this is happened, that happened, that happened, that happened, and it's pitiful. Yeah. We got to so connect the dots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to connect the dots, and we got to start drawing out something. Yeah. And, and, and connecting, connecting a whole bunch of drop, dots of lines going anywhere and everywhere, we need to draw out something. It's sad that we don't do nothing. We didn't do, we didn't do nothing to get in this position, we d- we don't we got to do something to get up out of this position. No, all right, we got to. Right. We, and if the kids have more strength, maybe we need to listen to these little bad kids. See why they so mad? Are they mad at us because we never did anything? Could it be our fault that our kids are, are doing the crazy stuff they're doing in the street because we haven't done anything? They see well, we yeah. get beat up in the street when you got a man getting beat down in the street. And his kids screaming, don't punch my daddy, don't punch my daddy. Don't don't shock him, don't tase him, don't tase him. Little girl, I say, Lord, look, chilling, that's horrible. Yeah, well, you make I a good point. I could make it. You make a mm-hmm. good point because while they were flowing drugs through the cities, they were raising the penalties. Mm-hmm. Raising the on penalties. Us. And none of them got in trouble. I know, I know y'all love the Democrats, but the Democrats were down with the game too. Against us. You sit there, you watch the dope things. The dope, the dope pushed through Ronald Reagan hands, through Bill Clinton hands, through uh, the boy who just was president now, through his hands, his all this right here. But we yeah. are the only ones they show when they show a crack picture. You look on the picture, crack in the nineties. You got all these black people. Yeah. What are you good white folks at who was pushing the dope? That I remember they until <laughs> until uh, crazy became president. Ronald Reagan was the sweetest thing since sliced bread. You know that. Mm, not in my book. <laughs> at all. Not at all. Hey, listen, man. Thank you very much, man. We appreciate it. Well, we got, we got. It's time to wrap up now. I, I know my brother. And I we got to get these. Y'all, man. Hey, man. Thank you, brother. We Thank appreciate you. your call. Um, listen, we got some announcements that have to be made uh, before the end of the show. So, yeah. So, I uh, just wanted to announce some Black History me- events that are going on next month. On February 6th, there is Fight Against Racism, Imperialism, and National Oppression, featuring our very own Miss Connie and Frank Chapman, who is the national, our executive director of the National Alliance Against Racism and Political Repression. 
Um, on February 18th, the Andrew Joseph Foundation is hosting a uh, weekend event to commemorate the uh, uh, death of their son, who was murdered by HCSO here in Tampa, um, who recently won their case. And on February 24th, a Black History Month reception honoring champions of our community will be hosted. And I will post all of these links, our Facebook events, on the uh, Facebook. So just check that out later today. They're in the place because mm-hmm. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Hey, listen, thanks, everybody, for joining us on the Sunday Forum. This Sunday, sorry about the Facebook mix-up, but we're working on it. And uh, as usual, we want to say to everybody out there, from my voice to the radio waves, to the hearts and the minds of the people, we love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. WMNF 88.5, Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. Next is the post-modern hootenanny. Yep.